Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can change the world. Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Here we will focus on the two whys of the company, financial freedom and individual growth. Welcome to the Empower Podcast. On this episode, I'm interviewing Dwayne Richens. Dwayne is a hustler. He's a stud. He has a background in door-to-door. When he left door-to-door, he started as a real estate agent and started doing door-to-door specifically as an agent. Exploded was the rookie of the year. In this episode, we're going to cover real estate, real estate versus stocks. He's specifically a fan of Utah only, so we're going to talk a lot about why real estate in Utah, financing, uh, just all things real estate in Utah. Let's get into it. Uh, Welcome to this episode. Uh, So excited to have Dwayne Richens on. He's from Roosevelt, Utah, which I love, love just having the good country guys on here. Super excited about that. Um, Dwayne sold door to door for six years, so he totally understands everything that we're all going through. He gets it. He actually took that experience and when he got into real estate, uh, was doing real estate door to door. His first year in real estate, he was the rookie of the year. He sold 89 homes, which that's just phenomenal. It's super, super impressive. Um, He's good at thinking outside the box, which we'll get into. He has a mortgage company, lending company, and he has a finance company that helps specific um, door-to-door reps with their taxes, which is cool. We'll get into that. Um, But he speaks at door-to-door events all across the country. If you guys follow Sam Taggart or Danny Pessy, then you'll probably see him. So we're stoked uh, to have him on. Dwayne, welcome to the episode today. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. Okay, so did I miss anything in your background? Is there anything you wanted to add? Or... I think that's it. Okay, lives in uh, Eagle Mountain right now. Yep. So native to Utah and uh, appreciate him driving down the street here, jumping on with us today. So one of the first questions I have is when you're traveling around the country, you're speaking at Danny Pessy's events or Sam Taggart. What are some of the subjects that you're speaking on and what's the, what's that content? So the main reason they bring me in is just so that people can get a view of where they can put their money. Um, I think one brief thing I could mention is, is I went and got a medical degree prior to going into door to door really, and made it as high as I could make it in the medical field, went back to Germany and helped develop some stuff to get rid of heart murmurs. Wow. Um, and ended up at Stanford teaching residents and fellows about medicine and, and getting rid of heart murmurs through RF ablation. But, uh, that's I made, wild. I had, I had no idea. I made way more money diving off. Bodie Gardner went to the same high school I did. Okay. And so, um, he talked me into selling for Vivint. My first year I sold, I think 200 accounts was rookie of the year there and made more money than I'd ever made with a medical degree. So as you guys think about door to door, there is so much money to be had in this. So you are in the right space. Just make sure you're doing it wisely and taking advantage because it's better than you can make, you know, with a, a lot of years of college. Yeah. So to answer that question, I think as, as we dive into door to door, a lot of us make a lot of money and uh, true leadership as Brandon is, is, is shown here is bringing people in to help them put money where they should to invest and don't just waste it. So uh, a lot of the places I go, I talk about real estate investing uh, where to put your money and how you can have your money make money for you. And then if you're smart, you'll continue to crush solar and make more money and put it in good spots and just make it to where you have a legacy to live as soon as you're finishing up with solar or whatever you end up doing. I love that. And before we started, we were just kind of talking a little bit since Dwayne was at Vivint. I mean, he, you were in the epitome of seeing guys spend all their money oh year to gosh. year. Like you saw it firsthand. 
I did. And as a matter of fact, I managed my first year at Vivint and I went and got a financial planning degree because I wanted to teach my guys where to put their money because cool. it was so sickening to watch guys just, oh, go just buy that new car, go buy yeah. this, go buy that. And I think that was the Todd Peterson way is, is spend as much as you can so you're constantly broke. Yeah. And then they come back the next year and they hadn't moved ahead in life, right? And then year, the next year, next year, and all of a sudden they're in their 30s, have kids. And and they have to go out and sell because they've they done to, nothing yeah. with it for themselves. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I love that uh, Dwayne understands door-to-door. I love that he speaks uh, at all these events. Like this is a perfect podcast for us. So um, how did you then go from door-to-door with Vivint Smart Home to real estate? So I started investing in real estate myself uh, with the money I was making from Vivint. Uh, my last five years there, I sold over 300 accounts, so I made great money. And I uh, started getting into real estate, and most of the real estate agents I worked with just sucked. I mean, they would not respond. I, I had to find everything myself. I was doing most of the work, and I thought, man, I don't know of anybody that does door-to-door real estate. Um, average real estate agent sells three to five homes a year in the United States. And, and I thought, man, if somebody went door to door, I think they could crush it. So I was still working for Vivint at the time and dove off and decided to start selling some real estate. I sold 10 homes my first month, all door to door. Crazy. And What's like average commission in real estate? Like five grand? Or? Uh, average commission's around $10,000. 10,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, probably 50K your mm-hmm. first month. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. I made over 600,000 my first year. I was number one in the United States for rookie agents. Wow. So it's awesome. And probably from door to door and everything you learned and I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a part time, you know, I didn't know, I had no clue what I was doing. I had no mentorship, no trainers. So I, I sold 10 my first month. I took month two off to make sure that I gave crazy good service. Yeah. And to then to those 10 clients. To the 10 clients. Yeah. Cause I didn't know how to do paperwork. I didn't know anything. Um, and then month three, I sold 14 homes, took month four wow. off. Wow. To make sure I serviced them correctly. Insane. And just figured out the systems, but it's been been a good ride. That's cool. And and so now you you just closed on a lending company. You were telling us just mm-hmm. barely yep. last thirty days. Uh, you have that tax company. It, for those that worked with us last year, we had somebody on named Brady Slack. He, the reason why I invited Brady on was they had a way to help homeowners depreciate the tax credit over time, which typically doesn't happen. And so it's just like out of the box. If if someone's really wanting to get into the tax benefits of solar. Brady had an awesome system there. We had him on last fall, uh, if you remember Brady. Dwayne has partnered with Brady on that tax firm. It's called High Country Finance. So he's doing real estate. He's doing lending. He's doing taxes. Uh, anything else? I have a um, home and auto insurance company Okay. that also ties in with all of this. And all of these are uh, strategically planned. Uh, Brady, you know, every door-to-door guy needs a good tax guy to help them write sure. off what they need to. But sure. Brady can also flip the scales so I can get you qualified for a loan. And we can write off everything and amend your taxes enough to qualify for your home loan and then redo it again to where you don't pay anything to the IRS, but that's still cool. I can get you qualified for a house. Yeah, that's cool. So let's get into some more specifics with that. Okay. Because if somebody hasn't done that, I don't know if they'll know what we're talking about. Okay. So when you say amend your taxes... You're saying basically if a rep made, what's a a good scenario here? They make 150 grand, but typically maybe they're writing off so much that they don't show any income. So you would say, Hey, don't, don't do that. Just show that you made 120, whatever it is. So that whatever you need to see to get them approved for a house. Right. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards go back 
use all the write-offs and amend the taxes. Is that what we're talking about? So let's say we file a return, you're making 150 grand, you get a, a check back from the government. But my lender says, hey, I need you showing $80,000 in income. So we go back, we amend it, we show you making 80 grand in income. Now you have a tax liability of let's say 20 grand. We don't want you to pay the 20 grand, so we're gonna set it up on payments and amend the taxes so you have the income to show, an $80,000 income. And then after we've got you approved for the loan, you close on the loan, you haven't made any payments to the IRS because we set it up on payments, we re-amend the taxes back to you making 150 and deducting everything and showing zero income. Okay, yeah, so perfect, that's exactly, so that's a great scenario. Because obviously like one advantage being 1099 is to be very aggressive with your taxes and you have, you're running your own business, right? You can still do that, but if you're trying to buy a home or investment property, there is a certain threshold of income you need to have and, and show. So that's what we're talking about here. Love that scenario. Um, I know you're probably not in the day-to-day -day like Brady is with the tax world, but is there any big tax strategies that these guys should be aware of that they might not be? I can tell you real estate's probably one of the biggest tax write-offs that you, you could ever have because you can depreciate the whole home over 27 and a half years. And so every drop, if you spend $600,000 on a multifamily unit, you can depreciate $600,000. Yeah, that's huge. So, um, but as far as diving into the tax strategies and stuff, that's going to be a Brady. He's going to know thing. way more than okay. me on that. Cool. And we'll have to have Brady on again this year. Uh, why did you choose real estate? I mean, you could have gone into so many different industries, right? So were you, are, you said you were already investing in real estate while you were at Vivint. What made you get into real estate? Did, did you see your dad do it? Was, did you have a mentor? How did you start that? Knew no one in real estate. Um, I looked at, at the way that I, what I have done door to door with Vivint, and I started over at zero every year. And uh, you didn't get a lot of referrals. Um, I'd never done the solar. I'm sure you guys get more referrals than that with, than, than alarms. But I uh, knew if I treated my clients right and worked hard, it would be a, a business that would build and continue to get bigger and bigger the more clients I sold. So as I dove in, 89 homes my first year, second year I sold over 100. And uh, after three years of going door to door and hitting it hard, I no longer knock doors and make over a million dollars a year just from taking good care of clients and getting re repeat and referral business at That's this point. That's cool, awesome. So what, what drove you to make your first investment though, your first property? Uh, just, just the fact of having residual income. Yeah. I think, yeah, Todd Peterson sold the golden carrot with his crappy residual and L tip that he promised. Yeah. Um, and real estate is something that will never go away regardless of the ups and downs. 2008 was our last crash. We're up 300% from 2008 right now. Wow. So as long as you don't sell in a down economy, real estate is going to explode over our lifetime. Yeah. Why? And it seems like you're really focused on the Utah market, right? Why yes. are you focused on Utah versus other places? Yeah, oh, guys, this, this is a huge elephant in the room. Um, I think Utah is the only place that I typically would invest in real estate. Why? Appreciation. So you can go buy in Alabama, and you can buy an $80,000 duplex, and you can cash flow 900 bucks a month, and you feel like you're on cloud nine. But in 10 years, that $80,000 duplex is going to be worth $100,000. Um, in Utah, we're appreciating it over 10%. Um, clear up to 20% in some areas. Annually? Well, annually. So when you buy a $200,000 duplex, um, which is a, on the low end, um, you're making 20 grand a year on that same property. So not only cash flowing, but you're getting equity, you're getting uh, the deductions off your taxes, but the equity ratio here in Utah 
is insane. And what I ask a lot of people on the tour when I go to D2DCon and, and with Sam Pessy's group, can't knock this, um, is if you could buy in California 30 years ago, would you have done it? And raise your hand. And everybody in the room will raise their hand. If you're not buying in Utah right now, you're missing the California market because it's coming. Okay. Hmm. What about cash flow? Because I, I think everybody knows it's going to appreciate, but can it cash flow as good as it would in other states, right? Yeah. You're yeah. seeing cash flow properties. So I'll give you a good example. I bought a fourplex last week that I picked up for 200,000 bucks. 216, so it was my purchase price. A fourplex. A fourplex. What city? Vernal. Wow. There's areas where you want to invest and where you don't. Uh, I would not buy a multifamily unit in Provo, Orem, yeah. Salt Lake, Utah County, or any of those counties at all. Tooele is another great place to invest. But that fourplex I purchased is making $2,100 a month. Wow. So my payment's 900 after refinancing it. So I paid cash for it when, and did a cash out refinance. Sure. Um, and my payment's 900 bucks a month. I'm making $1,200 a month on that in, wow. in there, in, wow. in Vernal. That's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, when you were talking about those numbers, like 200 grand for a duplex, I'm like, dude, there's no duplexes for 200K. But if you're out in these other cities, right? I was just thinking Utah County. So you want to look in, in areas that are going to appreciate. Um, I've got fourplexes I purchased for 250 um, three years ago that are now worth 350 and they're renting for 2400 bucks a month. Hmm. Um, great areas, great appreciation. So you don't have to go to the ghettos. You don't have to go to lower areas to get good, good incomes and yet still get good appreciation. Yeah. Are you seeing those areas grow? They're blowing up. Huh. So let's talk about your portfolio. How many doors do you have right now? 35. 35. And what's the mix? Is it all long-term? Is there any short-term Airbnb, VRBO? Are they duplexes, single family, commercial? So where I tell everybody to start is multifamily because it's the least risky investment you're going to do. Um, get into stuff that cash flows and that's going to make you a bunch of money. That's where I started. So I own three fourplexes, a triplex, quite a few duplexes. And then once I had a cash flow build up of about $7,000 a month, then I got more risky. I bought my first place as an Airbnb. I bought that on the beach in Hawaii. What island? Uh, Kona. Okay. Big Island. Yep. And you guys, people always think, oh my gosh, you're buying a place on the beach in Hawaii. It's going to be crazy expensive. I bought a condo. It was $300,000. What? Yep. That's nuts. On the beach. 300 grand. Right. I mean, I can throw a rock and hit water. Wow. And so we picked that up. I bought it for 300. My um, HOA payment's $900 a month. So that adds up. But it's one of my best cash flowing properties until COVID hit. Um, but we were bringing in about $4,300 a month on that place. Insane. And that's net or night, gross? That's, that's uh, gross. Okay. And that's about 2200 Wow. And is that a place so, that you guys like to travel? So we go over there at least once a year. In fact, my wife's going this Sunday with one of her girlfriends cool. to go hang out. That's awesome. Tax write-off, galore, yeah. even the whole trip. So when you go over there, you can pay all your food expenses. Everything is tax deductible because you're going to check on your place. Sure. So yeah. it's amazing. Cool. How? What year did you buy that? Uh, three years ago. Okay. Because So my sister lives on Oahu. Okay. And she has, I think they're down to two Airbnbs, but they had one time five all on the beach, but with Airbnb, they're like fighting against that. The state government is, is that on the big Island too, or just everywhere in Hawaii? You have to be in a resort community. 
Oh, okay. So you're in a resort community. I am. So nightly rentals, fine. Yep. See, they're just single family homes in regular neighborhoods. And you can still find those. There's still places over there and I can hook you guys up with the right situation. But yeah, that's, it's a great investment. Crazy. I love that. So one Airbnb. Just one Airbnb. Okay. And then everything else is triplexes, fourplexes, duplexes. No, then I dove into what's called equity property. So you've got multifamily properties, you've yeah. got equity properties, your fix and flips, okay. and your spec homes. That's yeah. some four main types of investments. Um, I started buying stuff in Vineyard. Now this is, you guys, this is where it gets fun. If you've got $1,500, that's all I'm asking is 1500 bucks, I can get you in a good situation where you put your $1,500 down in earnest money, and what earnest money is, if you decide to back out, you lose that money. Um, once you tie up this property for 1500 bucks, you wait nine months and see what the prices are. So I'm going to give you some examples of what I did. I bought This is a new these. build. New construction. Yeah, so you just put that down, and by the time it's ready to move in, if it's high, then you keep it. If it's not, then you just pull You walk out. away. Yeah. So here's an instance. I think I've we've had a good amount of reps that have actually done that, done that? in our company. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, we, we, I know some that have done it in Lehigh area with Edge. Mm-hmm. Jake has some properties in Vineyard. We just have somebody else buy some stuff in Vineyard. But yeah, keep so going into this. That. So we bought- I haven't, but I think a lot of people have in Vineyard specifically. Well, it's, it's, I've got five of those myself, but we bought about 15. Picked them up at 247. By the time we bought them, and this was July of last year when I picked them up, I bought them this year, April. They were worth 350. 100 grand. For fifteen hundred per bucks. door, per door, insane. Okay, then now they're up to three ninety five, and I'm renting these for two thousand bucks a month to college kids with the hundred and fifty k in equity in less than a year, less one than year. a year, and that's insane. why we buy in Utah. Yeah, and there's tons of areas like it's, that. It's hard to argue against that for sure. <laughs> I don't. You look at Alabama and some of these places yeah. where you're cash flowing, you know, a thousand bucks on your unit. But no appreciation. $12,000 you are making. Yeah. I'd much rather have the appreciation. Average appreciation in the state of Utah right now is $39,000. A year? year? Per year. That's insane. That's average appreciation. Crazy. So, yeah, buy Utah. Don't go outside. So, I mean, I, w- I would love to do some of these. So if myself or any one of our reps want to start doing some of the, these deals, what do we need to do? So get with me. I'm not going to have you just buy something to buy something. I'm going to give you tons of different options. Um, we'll get you into, you know, the, the equity properties. If good multifamilies come up, I've hit my limit of how many I can buy. So I I'm looking for guys that want to buy stuff Yeah, and we can get you thrown into really good properties, but we'll be, we'll be selective. And once again, my, my big kicker with being a real estate agent is longevity. I'm not here to make one sell. Yeah. I want to make 20 sales and I want you guys to refer everybody to me. So I'm not just going to pitch you a property and say, Oh, buy this one. I want you guys to make a bunch of money on it. And I think uh, you just helped out Hans. I did. Right? Yep. Cool. What do you see the Utah market doing over the next five to 10 years? I think it's going to climb like crazy. Um, we're, we're the, have the biggest shortage in the United States in real estate right now. Um, currently we're negative 68.1% um, of inventory shortage versus you know, a hundred would be, but that's the biggest shortage in the United States. So let's talk about that. What does that mean? That just means there's so many people that want to move here that are looking for homes and there's not enough. So yeah, exactly. So here, here's a good example. In real estate, we should have a six month inventory, meaning okay. if no one listed their house from today on, we should have six months of homes available um, to have a stable economy. Okay. Right now we're sitting at two months. Wow. And to catch up to six months, to put it in perspective, we would need to build 2.7 million more homes 
to catch up across the U.S. What about for just Utah? Just Utah. I don't know the exact number we're going to have, but we have just the biggest estimate. shortage. Um, I would say we're probably fifty to 75,000 short. Hmm. And new construction too, right? There's, that's that's we're new behind construction on that. as well. Oh, yeah. So that's everything that we're talking about. But specifically, we're way behind on new construction. We can't build houses Crazy fast behind. enough. Yep. In fact, if you look at um, new construction alone, Edge Homes produces 2,500 homes a year. That's it. In Utah. In Utah. Okay. And they're the biggest home builder. So that gives you a perspective of how fast we're able to grow. We're not. And we need 50 to 60,000 ish. At least. Wow. At least. That's nuts. So, and as, as prices continue to climb, our shortage, I mean, there's 4,000 homes on the market today. In February of last year, we had 13,000. So our market is just going to continue to grow. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Silicon Slopes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pretty de- detail sure. depending on how, what you want to know there. But there's already been 6,700 companies come to Utah. Companies come to Utah for the tech boom. The tech boom. Yeah. No, we're, we're seeing it. Um, what cities do you see a lot of growth happening over the next five years? If I was an investor, in fact, I put an offer in on a home myself in Eagle Mountain uh, this week. But if I was an investor, I'd be buying in Eagle Mountain, Saratoga Springs. They're not only the fastest in Utah growing cities, but they're some of the fastest in the United States. They're top 10 in the United States. Hmm. So I would definitely be investing out there as they put in more infrastructure. There's freeways going in out there. It's still 20 minutes to Thanksgiving point. Um, That's a great investment. Do you ever see them building a bridge across the lake? I have heard a lot of rumors that that's already in planning Mm -hmm. commission and it's happening. Cool. Uh, what, so this, this question's from an investor standpoint. So what's made you successful as an investor in real estate so far? Uh, I think being conservative. So many people go out and they just throw a ton of money at stuff and it doesn't perform the way it should have. Um, my advice to anybody is don't go spend a ton and without a, a very, very conservative route. So be conservative until you have a big enough cash flow. Example, COVID, COVID hit my payments for my condo in, Hawaii is 2300 bucks a month. Yeah. And when COVID hit, they made it to where you had to have a quarantine for two weeks once you got to the island and I they could not this. leave. Yeah. And they tracked you by your cell phone. Wow. Not only did they nail you with, with prison time or jail time, but they hit the Airbnb host for $5,000 as well. On the fine, right? On the fine, yeah. if they left the Airbnb. So that being said, we had no renters for a full year and I ate all those costs which was fine because I was buffered from all my multifamily units. And once you get a big portfolio, your risk is nothing. I mean, I'm well over $10,000 a month now, and I can have half of my units vacant and not have to worry about coming out of pocket with a, a penny. For yeah. That matter. Yeah. Air, Airbnb definitely, from what I've seen in my portfolio, is more profitable, but it's more risky. Way more risky. So it's, it shouldn't be your first property, probably. I agree. Yeah. Are you going to do more of those? I will. Where, where are you thinking? I only want to stay in resort areas um, just because that I'm booked clear through July of next year in Hawaii. Wow. So I one, don't have to worry out. about it. Yeah. Nice. I don't have to worry about booking. Uh, whereas I, I know people that have Airbnbs in Provo and Orem and they yeah. do really well on them, but they're not as booked out. And I just don't want the risk. I am so risk adverse with any of my investments. And for my clients, I'm not going to be risky with you guys. I will give you a very conservative route. So most of those properties, your duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, what amount of money were you putting down? So this is something, great question. A lot of people think you have to do 20% down on a single family and 25% down on a multifamily. You can actually go as low as 10% down. How? 
There's banks out there that do that. You just have to have on that. an investment property. Got it. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, most people haven't. So uh, a lot will, of the will guys, your group do that. Yes. Wow. We can hook you up. Okay. So Dwayne and I were talking about this before we went on live, and and our biggest obstacle for the refs is getting qualified. A lot of refs have the money they want to get into real estate, they can't get qualified. What can your group do to help these guys? So the reason we got a lending company, got them started was the fact, I mean, even recently, my fourplex, I couldn't get financed through traditional financing. I made over a million dollars last year. And because I wrote so much off, they wouldn't qualify me. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So we've got a a lender now that does. It's a wholesale lender. And um, she was able to finance two condos and a fourplex for me in the last uh, two months. That you wouldn't have got approved That otherwise. I didn't get approved somewhere else. I had to go you find a trying. lender. Yeah. 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 They came back and denied me because um, they said that I had written too much stuff off and it didn't look good from an investment standpoint. I already had too many doors. The 1099s are hard. 1099s are really hard. So having a good tax guy and having a good lender is phenomenal to get things done. So this is one huge takeaway that everybody can have listening to this right now is call Dwayne for the financing. I know a lot of people are trying to get in real estate. They can't get approved. This would be a great option for you guys is to give them a shot and see what they can do. I mean, the neat thing about that too is is we didn't build a finance company just for that. We build it so it's another uh, value add. I don't do it to make a ton of money on it. Um, We do it simply because I can get people qualified, number one. I waive the origination fee, which is typically 1% of the purchase price. So that'll save you on average five grand. We waive processing fees, which is another thousand bucks. And I will be the best rate anywhere out there. So those three things, packaging that all up, there's no place they could get a better loan and we can get it done. And that's just another way for me to be able to give service back and, and have people continue to come back to me. Yeah, it's easier. It's the one-stop shop and yes. you can do their taxes. So that that's awesome. Totally believe in what you're doing there. Um, let's talk about as far as just day-to-day work, being an agent, there's millions of agents. How many is there? Do you know across the country? In, in, I don't know across the country. In Utah, there's over 30,000. Okay. So there's probably a couple million, I would guess. I don't know. Easy. So there's tons of agents, a lot more competitive than our industry. I mean, we we get overwhelmed, but there's, I don't know, there's probably 10, 15,000 door-to-door reps. I don't know how many there is, but either way, there's not a couple million. Right. And so that's that's a more competitive industry. So how have you separated yourself from other agents? Customer service. Honestly, you guys, if you will do what you say you're going to do, answer your phone. I can't tell you how bad it is when you call a sales rep a real estate agent, and they don't answer their phone. Um, being responsive, uh, making sure that you're not just there and making your clients feel like it's a, a one-time deal. Um, but even in solar, when I was doing alarms, it's, I don't want you calling Vivint. I want you calling directly to my cell phone, and I will make sure everything's taken care of. Sure, which isn't the norm, right? It's not. Usually they're like, man, I sold it. I don't want to talk to them again. You got it. Done. That's huge. I know just thinking through my experiences with real estate agents the last couple of months, there's been a couple of times where I've called, I'll just go to Google because I'm looking at an investment property in Hurricane or St. George or wherever. So I just go to Google Maps, pull it up, call around to a couple agents. Number one, I can't get anybody to answer their phone. True. Which is very similar in the construction industry. Like any landscape company, concrete, anything, just answer your phone. That's like the first thing. But the second thing is this happens so much with agents I've seen the last year where I'm like, hey, I'm looking for investment properties. And then all they do is just go to the MLS and send me like 30 properties. And I'm like, I can get on the MLS and look through those. I need you to use your Intel because you live there and find a property. Like get off your butt 
and actually do something. Don't just send me all these links, right? Every time it's the exact same experience. You got it. Drives me crazy. Makes I, the good guys good. Because if, if I does, call you and right? say, hey, I found this property, this yeah. is where it cash flows, this is what I would recommend doing, this is how I would invest in that, this is why it makes sense. It's a completely different situation than say, hey, here's a property, look it up, see if you like it. Yeah. So something I saw when I was reading about you is that you bought a moving truck and you let your clients use that for free or how does that work? It's for free. Anytime for you free. buy or sell with, with our company, you use a moving truck for free. So instantly when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so freaking brilliant. Like I would, I would use you over the next guy because just that one thing alone. I'm sure a lot of people have told you that, I would guess. We have. A lot of people love it. So, so what made you think about that? Customer service again. I mean, we, we, another cool thing that we do is we do events every month for free. So all of our clients, when I first went door to door, I would gather their name, phone number, and email address, put them into a database. I don't reach out asking. Standard real estate agent's going to call their database every month and say, hey, who do you know that wants to buy or sell a house, or have you ever considered selling your home? Instead, I reach out with value and say, hey, I'm doing a free event, event this month. Would love to invite you. We've rented the movie sure. theater out. Sure. We're doing Death by Chocolate. We're doing a 5K charity event. Um, come to our events for free. And guess what? You guys always, I get deals out of that. And I don't have to ask. Okay. So this is huge. Second takeaway for this podcast. I mean, there's a lot, but I'm just going to say like, this is one that needs to just smack you in the face is for follow-up in our industry, the easy worst thing to do is just be like, Hey, did you guys make a decision? Did you, do you want to buy yet? I freaking hate that. If somebody reaches out, it makes me hate them when they do that. I hate that so much. And so I always try and teach focus on value, yep. swing by offer value, 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 value. Anybody can send a text or a call and be like, Hey, did you decide to buy yet? Can and you give me money? Yeah. Cause that's exactly what that's, you're asking. That's what you're saying. You're just the annoying salesperson, right? Yep. And same thing with that question that you're saying that if a real estate agent called me and said, do you want to sell your house? Which I get those random texts all the time. Mm -hmm. It's so annoying. Yep. And so just thinking outside the box. So did you start that in security? No, I didn't. You didn't I do that. Started it you in started in real estate. I mean, in real estate. Okay. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. So, so think about if you're selling right now, think about, I mean, if you're setting, it's, it's not really as applicable, but if you're selling, what value can you provide? So for me, I'd swing by and say, hey, I was actually looking at your, your configuration. I think some of the panels would be better on this side. This tree might block some of the light or, you know, you can't see it as much from the road. So it might be better if we tuck it back here. Actually, I was thinking maybe a purchase is better than a lease. Here's why. And just walking through those bullet points. That gave me a reason to talk to them. And I was actually providing value, which made them want to listen versus just like a text, hey, did you guys decide yet? Did you make a decision? Did you ask your spouse? Is he cool with it? Do you want to do this? So there's there's so much you can learn from what Dwayne's talking about right there. And look at what it's done for him by him just thinking outside the box, getting a moving truck. How I don't know, and I wonder if you know how many people have gone with you over the next guy because they're like, oh, yeah, it's so convenient. It's easy to close people when you bring that up as part of your presentation. Totally, because how many people don't have trucks and they have to go borrow their neighbors or their dads or whatever? Well, and if you run a U-Haul, you have to say when you're taking it, when you're yeah, bringing it back. pay for it. Pay for it. How many miles? And with ours, it's like, how many days do you need it? You can have it for a week. You can have it for five days. You can load up your whole house. And then if you don't close for three days, you can leave it all in the moving truck. Yeah, it's so cool. I love, love that idea. So besides that, what else has helped you separate yourself from other agents? I mean, customer service for sure. You can tell it's just part of you. 
ideas like that? Anything else? Just honestly do what you say you're going to do and be available for them at their beck and call. I tell every client I can get you into any house within an hour of you wanting to see it. Be available. That's insane. And if it's not you um, with your solar stuff, have an assistant that is available responding to emails, um, doing stuff for you to where your client feels like they're your only client they're working with. Love it. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about rejection. When you're doing door-to-door with Vivint Smart Home, lots of rejection. When you're doing real estate, anything door-to-door, you're going to face rejection. So what what's helped you deal with that rejection over time? I think that's one of the hardest things for reps in our industry. Focus. I think a lot of people focus on the rejection. Uh, me, when I started, I um, had goals. I, I left a, a great six-figure income at the hospital, and I knew I had to accomplish a lot more than that to give it up. You're kind of capped though, right? That's yep. the downside with that. Got it. Probably a great job. It was. It was a great job. I loved it. And uh, But I make probably four or five times now what I made then, and I couldn't have kept going higher. Sure. So I, I think having focus on where your vision is, where your goals are, where you're headed, what you want to accomplish, um, and focus on the yes rather than the no. All I, I need to get at three yeses today, four yeses today. Yeah. I don't care how many no's I get. That's par for the course, but it, the focus is not on the no, it's on the yes. Do you remember how many doors you would knock at Vivint? A lot. And per I, day? Yeah, a lot. What about going into real estate? Into real estate when I first started, I mean, and, and I didn't count the doors. It was more the hours. Okay. And it was how many yeses I would go for. And so yeah, you're trying to focus on the positive instead yep. of the rejection. Yep. So what were those numbers? How many hours did you like to be out? How many yeses? When I first started real estate, because I knew I needed to, to hit a huge uh, jump from, from alarms because they make great money there, um, I would start at 8 a.m. and I would go till 8 to 10 o'clock at night until I knew that I had hit my numbers. Wow. And it didn't matter. This is in know, real estate. This is in real estate. 8 a.m. So 8 a.m. I was making phone calls to for sale by owners. Yeah. Expires. I would drive up and knock on their doors. And then, you know, because they figured, you know, door-to-door guys, we always consider the morning's dead. Um, by noon, 1 o'clock, I started knocking doors, and I would knock for seven hours until I had the number of yeses I needed. In real estate, it's kind of the opposite. Uh, a lot of brokerages that I've talked to want their agents calling FISBOs for sale by owners from 9 to 12. Got it. That's like the prospecting. We had Jimmy Rex on, and that was his secret for success is he went a couple years where 9 to 12, he's just calling for sale by owners every morning. But he's like, out of the office of 30-something agents, I was the only one that was doing it. And I think that's probably pretty common, right? It is very. Yeah. There's a lot of agents out there, but most of them are just lazy. I think they get attracted to the lifestyle or the flexibility, but hardly any of them treat it like a full-on 9 to 5 and just work like crazy. The average real estate agent makes seven contacts a week, meaning a contact is, hey, have you ever thought about buying or selling a house or know anyone, know anyone who does? Seven a week. It's like, man, what do people do? Yeah. So that being said, I think that's the same in any industry. If you get into solar, if you're only contacting, you know, 10 people a week, you're struggling. If you're doing 200, that's where your business is going to blow up. For sure. Well, let's, let's see if we have any questions. Jake, do you have any questions so far? No? Okay. I think I've kind of covered pretty much everything that I wanted to. Um, what is your main goal with real estate? To continue to build wealth. Um, right now, I've started my own brokerage. We started in January. We've got 50 agents right now. Um, and I want to take door-to-door real estate across the United States. I want to be the Vivint APEX days 
of real estate. We just started an office in Florida, and that one will start running here in October. Uh, we've got an office just started in North Carolina, but I want to take door-to-door agents and uh, help them build wealth and, and grow financial freedom. And the best way to do that is buying real estate. That's awesome. All right, Dwayne, thanks for coming on. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Uh, you can email me at Dwayne at prexre.com. That's P-R-E-X-R-E.com or call me. My phone number is 801-243-4544. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you on the next episode.